Welcome to the Assemblage Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Shoemaker. Today we have a great podcast for you all with a good friend of mine and CIA grad, Ray DeLucci. Ray is the creator of the Line Cook Thoughts, a brand focused on highlighting the people who make the food industry so great. He is also a freelance writer and podcast host. He has experience managing restaurants and has a love for all things food. Without further ado, Ray DeLucci. How are you today, Ray? Doing good, Adam. How are you? I'm good. Um, Thank you uh, for doing this with me. I'm super excited. Um, I'm pretty, or I should say, really new to the podcasting game. And I know that you're a a seasoned vet. So um, I'm sure you'll have some some tips for me after today. (laughs) Yeah, of course. All right, man. Well, uh, let's just jump in. So um, first of all, how did your interest in food and this industry begin? Yeah, um, my interest in food was probably like really boring compared to most. Um, I guess I shouldn't say boring, but I always grew up loving food. My grandfather was a chef in the Navy, so he had a big uh, impact on me, you know, having pasta every Sunday and making sauce and whatnot. And my mom teaching me how to make scrambled eggs and watching the Food Network with her. But I never really thought I would be into the food industry until high school when I went to get my schedule. And my mom was like, you need to have like a vocational, um, just a vocational part of your education for high school so junior year I started doing this cooking class and then that was really when I you know heard about the CIA heard about kind of what it was like to be a chef and it really appealed to me so I really started out in high school I didn't have like a grand vision of me being a chef it just kind of fell into my lap really and then I just went from there well yeah I mean that's that's always the best thing because you know if 2020 has taught us anything it's you can't really plan for anything in the future. So, um, you know, the fact that it just kind of, you know, came to you during your time in high school is, is really cool. Cause I feel like there's so many, especially now <clears throat> there's so many people that have, you know, all these plans or all these things that they want to do and they focus all their time on them. And, um, you know, sometimes those things don't work. So, uh, I found it's just best to kind of let things come to you. And usually those things are, you know, some of the best things to, uh, to come to us. So, um, yeah, so like you mentioned, uh, CIA, uh, that's actually where we both met. Um, I was a little bit ahead of you in the program, but, um, you know, we, we ended up becoming pretty good friends there. Um, so what, what were some of your uh, best experiences or best memories at the CIA? Yeah, I mean, it was really like an eye-opening experience to go to the CIA. Um, just the, the best part of it was meeting everyone, you know, friends like you and just people in general. Um, you know, my first year getting to go to New York City and then also just realizing there's a whole level of food that I didn't know. Uh, before I went to the CIA, I had no idea who Thomas Keller was. I didn't know what Michelin stars were. I just thought that I was like a tire company. Um, <laughs> so really, really no idea into what food was. And that first year was really special because it showed me there was so much more to the food industry. It showed me that there was so much passion. And where, where I had seen the food industry is like, you know, a place where people just went to cook for a living. I didn't know there was such art and passion and just like, you know, it was so it's so romanticized in a really good way that like the food industry is something truly special and you can truly put yourself out there through different mediums and express yourself. So that was a big part for me. Obviously, the classes were, were really fun. I really enjoyed my first two years of cooking and then the latter two years of just like learning more about the business side of food. 
and really just uh, I got to go out to California for 12 weeks and do a farm to table concentration. And for me, that was really amazing to kind of see California, see food at probably its like highest level in terms of ingredients and availability. And it really just changed my perspective on what else was out there. So. Yeah. And I love that you say that there's just, there's so much uh, to this industry. Like you, I, um, you know, I went to CIA and before going there, I kind of thought, okay, going to CIA, you know, there's kind of, you know, only a couple different paths you can take in this industry, you know, uh, graduating, working your way up to executive chef, or, you know, there's always the the whole food network, uh, famous chef, uh, celebrity chef side of things um, that I think everyone thinks this industry is, um, you know, I, I don't know how many times that I've heard it, or, you know, I'm sure you've heard it is, oh, when are you going to be on Food Network? Because <laughs> um, that's kind of what people equivalent this industry to. And, uh, you know, going to CIA kind of open eyes that, you know, there's, you can, you can go to culinary school and then be um, interested in wine or, or do podcasts or do food writing or food policy. Uh, there's so much more to this industry than just working in a restaurant and working yourself up to executive chef and then being on Food Network one day. Um, I think that people that are actually in this industry, not many of us uh, strive to be on Food Network. Um, but, uh, you know, to those who do, um, good luck and uh, I hope you achieve your goals. Um so since graduating, uh, you've created Line Cook Thoughts, uh, which now has uh, over 11,000 uh, followers on Instagram. Um, you now have, uh, or you've had a podcast, um, which myself and um, my girlfriend Olivia were on almost two years ago now, uh, which is crazy to, to think that it's been that long. Um, so what was your inspiration uh, for starting uh, Line Cook Thoughts and your podcast? Yeah, so I had really loved podcasts. Um, I don't think I've really ever shared this, but like, the first podcast I actually really loved is not with cooking at all. It was actually the Joe Budden podcast about hip hop and rap and all that. Um, and I just really enjoyed um, him and the two other hosts uh, just really like just sitting there and going over like rap music and just talking and having conversations. And I thought that was a cool medium. Um, so after a while I wanted to like do something with podcasts, but I didn't know what to do. And then I was sitting in a cafe in Chicago, actually, I was waiting to go back home to Buffalo uh, about two years ago from this time, like a two years and one month ago. And I was like, I should be doing something in media. Um, and I wanted to do something that could relate to cooks. So I just started an Instagram. I remember being very embarrassed about it. I was like, I don't want any of my friends seeing this. I like literally blocked on Facebook that I was a part of it. Like I didn't connect it to my like Facebook that like, you can connect it to post to your Facebook. And I didn't even do that because I didn't want anyone to see it. Because I was just like, I don't even know. Like I was really unsure of myself. And so I started this page and it was supposed to be like a, not a, a meme page in the sense of comedy, but like things that cooks could relate to, like quotes and pictures that they could relate to. And Actually, I remember someone sent me in a quote and it was like the first day I had been doing it and they're like, you should post this. And that's where I got the idea like, oh, maybe I can share the beliefs and passions of those in the industry, not just my own. And at the time I was a line cook and since then I've you know, had a couple of different roles. So, you know, things have changed, but just the idea of highlighting those in the industry who often aren't seen or heard 
or don't really have a platform. I mean, the podcast in itself is fun because I just learned so much about everyone, but I don't just like highlight, I don't go after like big name guests. I guess you would say I've had people on there who have had an incredible amount of success in their career, but I've also had people who are just starting in their career. So for me, that's been like the magic of it. And like the podcast especially is a place for everyone to come on, whether you have a Michelin star or you're aspiring to get one. So that really was the focus was just highlighting everyone in the industry and just having this level playing playing field of a media platform. Yeah, which is great. And uh, I'm, I'm really surprised to hear you say that you like, didn't connect yourself to it. And you were embarrassed about it. Because, you know, like, just looking at it now, um, you know, it's grown to be um, very successful. And also, like, when you asked us to be on your podcast, I think we were maybe in the, you know, first four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, Oh, my God, I can't believe Ray is doing this. Like, that's so awesome. And you know, we are so proud of you starting this. So to hear that, you know, it was something that you, you know, were, were embarrassed of is kind of like, that's new news to me. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's been super awesome. I think you're now over a hundred, a hundred podcasts. Yep. In. Uh, I just released episode 110. So yeah, it's been quite, quite some, quite, a lot of work that's been put into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're super happy for you and uh, love listening to your podcast when we can. Um, but yeah, going back to, you know, interviewing people that aren't necessarily big names, because I feel like that's kind of a pull. And, you know, it's a great way to get views and stuff is highlighting big names in the food industry. But I, I really love that you highlight, you know, smaller, um, you know, individuals or people with smaller followings, or maybe they don't have Michelin stars or their own, you know, they haven't been on top chef or anything like that because it's, this industry is so much more than just talking to the big name people. Um, Yeah. They're, you know, great to talk to, but I feel like the people who are in the trenches every day and and working in restaurants and are, you know, beverage directors or, or managers or just line cooks um, or I shouldn't say just line cooks, but they have so much to say and so much experience to share with everyone. Uh, so I love that you help highlight them and bring them up. And, um, you know, it's, it's really awesome that you do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's really just awesome to get a DM at like one in the morning from a cook who just got off shift saying, thanks for, you know, sharing this or thanks for highlighting my page or whatever. Cause you know, it makes, it, it gives the, it gives people what they should be getting and that's uh, a respect for their craft. And I think that is missing a lot sometimes in the industry. Uh, Just real quick. What were some of your favorite podcasts that you've done? You don't have to name names, but maybe just like what, what were some of your favorite topics that you talked about during your podcast? Yeah. I mean, I'm not just saying it because we're on the same show, but like those first few episodes are really fun because it was just nice to not just be talking to a mic. So obviously like the first few guests, I had on were really cool. Um, you know, I've had some great conversations with a lot of different people. One that comes to mind was Corey Mintz. He's a food writer out in Canada. And I, it, it wasn't play. It, I don't think everyone knew who he was, but his insight into like writing and journalism and food writing in general was really interesting. Uh, but there's been a ton of people, but I guess topic wise, um, I think one that really hits home for people is like starting 
media. So I really enjoy doing episodes like that, kind of helping people get on their feet in terms of starting out with media, because I think a lot of people want to do it, but think it's very inaccessible and it's very not inaccessible. It's actually fairly easy to get into. It's hard to keep producing and stay on it, but to actually set up everything is not terribly difficult. Um, But I really enjoy those. I really enjoyed back in the beginning of the show, I used to have like people give topics and we would cover like mental health or like, you know, just like random stuff, like what to do when you go to a stage or stuff like that. So just like the, the small questions the audience had were, was definitely cool. And then like really niche episodes. Like I did, I remember I did a research episode on Augustus Scoffier and I just thought that was like really cool to have uh, a whole like episode dedicated to learning more about this like legendary chef that I didn't really know much about. And then there was episodes like, I did one with Chris Harvey. He's a patient chef out in Hollywood. And we just did a whole episode on a cannelay and why it was so important. So I really like those niche, like really specific episodes that go deep into one uh, subject or actually one recipe. So, yeah, that's great. And, you know, I, I, I love that episode with the cannelay because um, there it's probably one of my favorite pastries, um, you know, just with like the the crispy golden exterior and the special mold that you need to make them. And then kind of the, um, the, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, for the interior that it's supposed to be um, like softer and yeah. Creamy. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. Almost like, uh, like bread pudding, like mm-hmm. on the inside. Um, yeah, I, I love those. Um, so what's next with line cook thoughts, anything that you have, um, coming up or any new podcasts that you can kind of, uh, throw some insight to yeah um so we just launched our own merchandise i say we but it's usually it's just me that does it um so i just lost my launch merchandise it's just a shirt and um, a mask uh it says line cook nation on the front line cook thoughts in the back so just really cool i really wanted to like learn about um just online sales and revenue and so i think having this little storefront online is teaching me a lot i'm really learning how to like run ad campaigns and you know, focus on different segments of my audience to see, you know, who's interested in the merchandise or whatnot. So I think that was really cool um, to be doing that. A lot more writing, um, writing for Plate Magazine. The articles are coming up. This next issue, this next article is going to be about hunting. So I think that was, that'll be cool, kind of my experience with that. Um, then podcast-wise, it really is, no, there's no, like, grand plan. It's kind of the same thing. I do have a couple of people coming up from the CIA that I think will be interesting because it's, you know, as we get farther away, um, you and I, our peers are yourself, me, we all are, you know, starting our own things, starting our own businesses or progressing in our, you know, respective careers. So it's interesting to kind of talk to people who have been out of school a few years and are now finding success. So that's kind of what's on the horizon. Yeah, it's crazy that we've been done with uh, CIA for, uh, I graduated three years ago, um, which it feels like not that long ago, but it also feels like such a long time. Um, especially I know that so much has changed with the program. Um, they've kind of, you know, mixed associates and bachelors kind of together. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, three years ago I was graduating and you graduated about two years ago, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, a little over. So. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's crazy how much has changed. Um, you know, if someone could have told me, you know, at in three years, this is where you're going to be and this is what you're going to be doing. And, you know, what I'm doing currently, I would have never 
probably never believed that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, becoming a beverage director was sort of my end goal. Um, and I've, you know, I, I'm doing it now at uh, 24. So I'm now I'm like, well, what what is my end goal? You know, what's next? Or what's, you know, what's, what am I going to be? What is my new end goal? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of why I started assemblage and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I'm sure same thing for you. You probably, if someone would have said you have a, a, a podcast and, <laughs> yeah. you know, over 11,000 followers on Instagram and, you know, I don't, would you have believed that? Uh, no, definitely not. When I graduated, <laughs> I had no plans in doing media at all. So, um, I, I don't even think I had a plan, honestly, after graduation, I just wanted to go cook somewhere and then it was all kind of fell into place that winter after graduation so yeah I mean and that's that's really important is you know you don't have to have a plan before you graduate like I didn't I didn't have a job um, when I graduated from CIA I actually moved home for about a month and was kind of figuring things out and uh, I ended up getting a job in Chicago which you know I only my parents only live um, you know, 45 minutes to an hour from Chicago. So went up there and staged and then ended up getting a job. But I remember graduating and all my friends were, you know, oh, I'm going to go work at Marriott or Four Seasons or, um, you know, these big Michelin star restaurants. Um, and, you know, they'd ask me what I was doing. And I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> um, so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a scary time, but it, it all ended up working itself out at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Um, so besides doing line cook thoughts, which it sounds like is a full-time job in itself, um, where are you currently working? Yeah. So I, you know, I, I do keep, I do try to keep working this separate, but I do work in the grocery industry, um, helping with like, uh, people getting groceries and whatnot. So I, I wanted to do something in the pandemic that was more so focused on getting people food and restaurants obviously are a great thing. Um, but I really see an uh, opportunity for a lot of people in grocery. There's just so much, whether you're cooking in a grocery store or you're helping find the foods or, you know, like being a purveyor for a grocery store. So for me, it was very important to still be with food, but I also wanted something that gave me a good work-life balance. I think a big thing with the pandemic is that, um, you know, for me, at least I realized that I threw myself into work a lot uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, would work a ton of hours and you know I and I'm not the only one I know that I know there's a lot of people that work like 70 80 hours a week but for my lifestyle I you know like like you said I have this brand that I work on and you know I just there's so much that I want to do besides just be a cook and so for me what was really important was finding a job that gave me that lifestyle so where I could go to work do meaningful work have a really good you know, time at it and enjoy it and then also have time for these other things. And so that's what it's been really cool for me is just working within grocery, making sure people are getting the food they need and just really enjoying the process of what the average consumer likes and what they want. And just seeing how like, I don't want to say normal people, but, but like the everyday person, what they eat and what they consume, because I think so much in the industry, we get caught up on, you know, what we want to cook or what they, what someone eats at our restaurant, but you forget that most of the time people just want to eat like comforting food in their house and they want to just have that bag of chips or, you know, that soda. And that's still very much a part of our American diet. And that's not saying that it's a good thing, 
but it's still a reality, especially during the pandemic. And I think it's important to know what people crave in order to like, you know, and anything, whether you cook or you put out food media, it's important to know what kind of what people want and what they look for. Yeah. And that's been a huge point for us and, you know, Scarpe in the restaurant is we've kind of um, changed our business model a little bit. Um, actually a lot of it. Uh, we did, you know, no, pretty much no carry out before the pandemic started. And now we've kind of shifted even our, our normal everyday menu to things that travel better when you take them to go. Um, Liv has, you know, started doing take and bake options for people, which is nice because they can, you know, buy them and either take them home and bake them or put them in their fridge for the weekend or freeze them and pull them out later. Um, so it's, you know, it's been a really challenging time, but I think that, you know, helping people, it's kind of our job in this, in this industry to help people get through the pandemic. Um, because at the end of the day, everyone needs to eat. Um, obviously everyone eats different things, but just giving people affordable, you know, well-cooked, um, well-thought-out meals is, is really important, especially with, you know, quarantine, because, you know, I've been, I've been guilty of it, eating Ben and Jerry's or, you know, uh, eating like too much frozen pizza and stuff. It's, it's way too easy. So to be able to give someone something that's nutritious and delicious um, is, has been really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, talking about, uh, bad things or to me, you know, my, my livelihood and, and great things. Um, I know that we haven't really talked about anything wine related. Obviously this is a, a wine based <laughs> podcast, but, um, you know, I'm trying to, to show I can be versatile and not just talk about wine. Um, even though I think a lot of my staff thinks that's all I know how to talk about. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so talking about drinking wine, um, do you like drinking wine? What do you enjoy drinking when you, uh, when you do drink? Yeah. So I'm a very, I, so I'll start with saying, yes, I love drinking wine. Um, I'm a very weird drinker when it comes to alcohol. And I think you might know this just from, you know, college beforehand. I don't drink often. I don't really drink a lot when I do drink. So I'm really just enjoying it for like, social reasons um i mean mm -hmm. you know it, it's for me it's just like it accompanies a meal or it accompanies like you know i want to enjoy like a glass of whiskey or something at the end of the night it's always that's how it's always been for me i really don't like drink too much but wine i love um and i know for like you know someone as yourself as esteemed as yourself in the wine industry this might be a basic wine but um a riesling from the finger lakes um dr constantine Frank, I think, or Frank, I'm not sure how you say that last word, but that is my favorite wine, and I enjoy it. I used to live in the Finger Lakes when my dad went to college, and so something just about drinking it, uh, he used to make homemade wine, and I remember, like, tasting the grape juice before it was fermented, and so something about drinking that kind of brings me back to kind of that experience, so that's a wine I really do enjoy, um, so Riesling is definitely my favorite varietal. Um, I do like Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, you know, I'll try pretty much any wine. Um, there's a wine. There's another reason I really like. I believe it's called Kartauserhof. Um, is how you say the brand, um, and I really enjoy that. I, that's from Germany, I believe, as well. So, two rieslings that I really enjoy. Yeah, and riesling is uh, fantastic. I uh, 
I do a blog as well on, on my website and uh, Riesling is actually the first great varietal that I highlighted on the blog. And, um, you know, I kind of talked about how it's such a versatile grape varietal. It pairs well with all sorts of foods. Um, and Dr. Constantine Frank is, you know, a legend in winemaking, especially in New York state. Um, my parents are from the Finger Lakes. Uh, they're from, um, Canandaigua, Rochester area. Okay. And, um, yeah, their, their Rieslings are fantastic. Um, they also make some sparkling Rieslings, which I haven't tried, but I really want to try and get my hands on a bottle of that. Um, cause it sounds really interesting. Um, but yeah, they make fantastic wines and, uh, Riesling is also one of my favorite grape varietals. So, um, next time we hang out or we're together, um, or maybe we can do like a zoom call sometime soon and drink some Riesling together. Yeah, dude, I'm down. Um, and I will share that I also do like, I, I like, so I know there's like people who are like just white or just red. I like it all. Um, I'm willing to try whatever. Um, the only wine I don't think I like is uh, Sauvignon Blanc. I just don't really get down with that. So that's like the only wine that turns me away from drinking it. Everything else I'm really, or anything like super sweet. Like I can't really do a lot of, like I like dry. I like some sweet wines, but if it's too sweet, it's for me, it's just like a soda almost. So I yeah. don't really enjoy sweet wines. Yeah, I don't understand um, the the concept of, you know, some people, and I see it sometimes too at the restaurant, is I don't drink white wine or I don't drink red wine. It gives me a headache. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't under, I don't necessarily understand, um, you know, why people have decided to hate all white red or all white wines or all red wines. Um, and I usually like to challenge that if they're willing to let me, you know, show them something or let them taste something. Um, because by saying you don't like a whole style of wine, um, I think that you're really missing out on a lot of great things. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, I, I like all types of wine and I'll try anything once. Um, you know, it might not be my favorite, but, um, I just think it's kind of interesting when people, you know, decide that they don't like something um, before you can even let them try it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird for me. Like, it's just weird, man. Like I don't, and then like, so my family, like they're not very risky eaters. I would say like, they're very conservative in how they eat. They don't really, you know, like meat and potatoes is their specialty. And so like every time during the holidays, I'll bring a bottle of like, you know, like literally like a, a bottle of Kendall Jackson Cabernet Sauvignon. And that's like wild to them because it's dry or it's drier and like everyone has to drink like sweet red wine or sweet white wine. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> it's just funny. Like, I know it's like for Christmas, I'll bring, a, you know, a decent red and a decent white to the table and I'll end up just being the one and drinking it over the course of a week because no one else will, you know, consume two about two. No one else will take part in drinking those two wines. It'll just be for me because no one else enjoys that style of wine yeah well if you need some suggestions uh of what to bring over the holidays uh let me know and i can uh i might be able to help you out <laughs> thank you <laughs> um yeah i mean i i really love um especially with my family i love you know challenging them with new wines and interesting great varietals and i've found that if you if there's a good story behind the winery or if you have a cool story about you enjoying this wine or whatever wine you're drinking, um, it, it makes people a lot more interested in what 
the wine is mm-hmm. um even with like it doesn't even have to be an expensive wine um i think that a lot of people say you know like oh this wine's amazing it costs a hundred dollars a bottle mm-hmm. you know that's not to me i would rather drink something that maybe costs twenty dollars a bottle that has a great story obviously the wine still has to be great um or at least good um but i think that you giving maybe which i could also help you with giving them a story of why they should try this line um i think they might maybe find some more enjoyment in that um it could also just be a you know a a false hope but um (laughs) I, i like to think that you know with a good story people will try to enjoy anything yeah well, I'm, uh, I, I know that you're a busy person, um, and so I don't want to take up uh, a lot more of your time. Um, I'm so glad that we could sit down and, and catch up and, you know, just it's been too long since we've talked. Um, and just before we go, is there anything that I can plug for you uh, or anything that you want to, anyone you want to shout out, anything like that? Um, yeah, uh, actually, I guess just, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Lauren Cook Thoughts. Same with Facebook and Twitter. It's uh, Cook Thoughts um, podcast. You can find anywhere the Line Cook Thoughts is. My the name is the same on every platform. Podcast website's linecookthoughts.com. So if you just search Line Cook Thoughts, you'll end up going to the right place. Um, but no, other than that, thanks you for having me on. I'm really proud that you're doing this, and really excited to see you kind of grow all this. I think it's super exciting, and yeah, I'm interested in to listen in and learn some more about wine because as you can tell, I. I obviously need a little bit more guidance in terms of what to actually drink with it and kind of learn more about it. So I'm excited for those in-depth conversations that you're going to have. Yeah. Well, I uh, thank you, Ray. And I really appreciate you being on here. And uh, I hope that we can uh, stay a little bit more in touch uh, over the next, you know, little bit. Um, so thank you again. Um, and I'll talk to you yeah, soon. Of course, man. Talk to you later. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Assemblage Wine Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Assemblage PBC for more content and information. Until next time, cheers and stay safe, everyone.